dancing, Johnny. The theme music's growing on you. I tell you what, something catchy about this one. It's getting me moving in the morning. <laughs> Not too fast, but just a little bit. Yeah. Feeling the groove. That's it. Pierre, don't dance. We've seen it before, Pierre. Don't do it. <laughs> Not good for anyone. Don't dance. Happy Thursday to you folks, and welcome to Got Your Back, NHL edition. Rashog, LeBron, and MJ. Of course, as always, brought to you by Cross Country Canada, supplies and rentals. They provide equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart, that get-or-done attitude, it's a core value of their company. They have it proudly displayed on the walls at each of their branches. And they live by that credo. They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need and when they need it. No excuses. And they take great pride in that attitude. We take great pride in having them as title sponsors here on Got Your Back NHL Edition. Okay, Johnny, I always try and figure out where you are based on like the, the, the paint right. on the wall behind <laughs> you, the quality of the door. I have to say, wherever you are right now, it looks kind of clinical, almost like a like a, a waiting room of some yeah. sort. It's just this right. sort of drab tan brown with a heavy yes. looking door. Like, where are you? I'm in a hotel room in New Jersey. If you, I turn the camera around, you'd see the nice Hudson River across the Manhattan. Okay. But I'm in I'm down for NHL Network for a couple of days, so I'm in. It's more yellowy. It's not pleasant. It's not. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not the the nicest uh, decor I've ever been in. But it will have to do because I still got to wake up in the morning and talk to you, no matter where I'm at. Yeah. So what you're saying, MJ, is you're not in Manhattan. Yeah. I want to make it clear because what I tell myself when I come to work at NHL Network, I'm going to New York. Yeah. Right. I'm actually going New to York, Jersey. Baby. I'm going to Jersey. <laughs> I'm not actually going to New York, which is a fine in its own right, but I'm very close yeah. to New York and get there quickly if I have to. You know, people always, I mean, going to New York is a big deal for people that have never been there before. Mm. But Pierre, I think back to how long were we there? Was it like two and a half weeks we were there, that one trip for the lockout? Oh, well, I've had a couple. I think the one with you you was 2012. Uh, I also spent most of 0405 in New York back Mm -hmm. when my days at the Canadian Press. Yeah. During that lockout, because of course there was no hockey that year. But yeah, you uh, you just keep extending your hotel stay because you got a a note from someone saying they're talking again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> here's here, here's my 2012 lockout story. So I'm retired at this point, right? So I'm just following it from afar, working at TSN, and I get a evil quiz master sends a note. He's asking because it seems like things are percolating close to to it being solved. He's like. Hey, can you be in studio? Like, I'm like, no, I was up in, you know, at a, a cottage or whatever. So I'm like, I'm a couple hours outside Toronto. Like, you know, I can get there in a couple hours. So he's going back and forth. He's like, well, we, yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. So finally, I just jump in the car at like midnight to drive home to get ready to go there at eight in the morning the next day. And yeah, while yeah. I'm driving, and it's February, I think it's, it's snowstorm time. I believe it was around 2 a.m., MJ, something like that. There you that. go. Yeah. So, so I get a text from someone in the room mm. saying it's done. But I'm driving mm. these back roads in a blizzard and I'm like, I can't formulate a tweet or a text to like, I could have broken that it was done. Cause then I found, wow. uh, was it, was it Kevin Paul Allen? Who, who broke it first? Somebody from the States broke it first. Yeah. Um, and I, and I looked, he might've broken it in Canada. But anyway, I had it probably like <laughs> I probably had it like 17 minutes before he did it. But I'm like, I can't, I can't even do it at this point. I could have made my debut as an insider with the scoop of the 
lockout ending, but I missed my yeah. window because I was well one a little gun shy of even posting it because it one of the uh oh, and yeah. I was also driving. Yeah. Well, too much inside baseball here, but one of the dangerous things about the animal lockout, and I've covered a few, is that I'm super conservative about that because what one side in the negotiation may feel mm -hmm. is a done deal may not necessarily be yeah. quite a done deal on the other side. So I'm, I get super sort of nervous at the end that both sides are confirming uh, because that's happened, right? Yeah, you would need both too. sides. You would need both sides giving you the head nod, yeah. wouldn't you, P? Not just one yeah. side? For me, yeah. Yeah. See, I only Johnny, had one side. Been, yeah. I had one, yeah, see, <laughs> one source. Good thing you kept driving, buddy. Well, you would have been right because it happened <laughs> but within, I been uh, right. you know, within the... I would have phrased it hearing that they have settled. I'm not saying they have, exactly. but I'm hearing that they have. Give I'm yourself an out, right? Yeah, there you exactly. go. My memory of that lockout. By the way, how the hell do we get talking about the lockout? We're in the middle of the flip. Yeah, I know. What are we here. doing? I know. My Sorry, memory my of the bad. lockout, my Pierre, bad. really quickly, because we had the satellite truck and we would be waiting and waiting and waiting till all hours of the night. And I would get in and I walk into the satellite truck, Johnny, and Pierre is standing there in his long black TSN trench coat mm -hmm. and he's sleeping, standing up. He's just leaned against the wall, sleeping, standing up in the satellite truck. Like a oh. horse. So like Dregs and I the CIA. <laughs> yeah. Dregs and I just took we had a roll of hockey tape and we were just peeling strips of hockey tape and putting them on his back. So his <laughs> back was just covered in hockey tape for uh and then the, the news broke shortly after. So anyways, enough of that nonsense. We've got lots of drama happening in the NHL playoffs. We've got favorites being upset. We've got goaltenders making unbelievable saves in the last second of games and Lots to talk about. So, gentlemen, let's get to our breakdown. That, of course, brought to you by Kuma Outdoor Gear, where they've got a wide range of gear to fit all your needs, from tents and sleeping bags, travel games, pet products, drinkware, and they are some kind of excited about their new switchback heated chair, the first heated chair powered by Bluetooth technology. It has dual heat zones in the seat and the back. You can adjust from your phone. You can preheat your chair before you go outside. It's got an insulated cup holder on one side and a wine glass holder on the other. I can't get over the wine glass holder. I know I fixate <laughs> on that one quality, but when well, I first saw it, I was like, man, Pierre's going to love that one. Honestly, I was going to say, are you speaking to There's one to on me, the way, or? bud. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's, it's, 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 it's in the mail right now, buddy. It's on the way. Anyways, Kuma Outdoor Gear uh, sponsoring our uh, breakdown segment. Okay, so let's, let's start with last night, you guys. Man, a couple of favorites. Um, dropping games last night and, uh, boy, just really exciting games. Lots of drama. Johnny, we got to start with the avalanche and the crack in here though. Three to the game, three to the series and the avalanche suddenly teetering on the brink here. What is happening with the avalanche that's put them in this position? So I think it's a few different things, Shoggy, but mostly it's the erosion of their depth. Like, I think the star players, McKinnon and Rantanen and McCarr, when he's been playing, have generally been lights-out, elite-level players. Yeah. And Seattle's plan was always going to be, we can't compete with your stars, but we can beat the rest of your roster with ours. And that's what's happened. I Prior to last night's game, we did a little thing on it. Those guys, McCarr, McKinnon, Rantanen, had been on 10 of the 12 goals they scored. They'd mm. been on the ice for 11 of the 12 goals they scored. The only one they weren't on the ice for was scored by Nachushkin who's no longer on the team or around the team right now. So this is what's going on. Like, and it's not like Seattle's getting this done with crazy shooting, hot power play. Their goaltender has been really good, but not ridiculous. They are just flat out outplaying Colorado. They 
have a hard time. Colorado has a hard time dealing with the pace of the crack in Seattle. I think me and a lot of people underestimated how much trouble Seattle would give Colorado because at this point, they've been the better team. They don't have yeah. the best players, but they've been the better team. And their goalie's been good enough that has allowed them to be in every game. And, it, you know, they're going home to close out the series. And they probably should be favored to do so because of how the series has gone so far. Can you imagine? Oh. Yeah, boy, I've, I've been wrong about this series. Not that that many people pick Seattle, but just that I thought this would be a quick series for Colorado. I really did, the way the mm -hmm. Avs played in the final month entering the playoffs. But the Avs right now, again, their lineup, already thinned out last summer with uh, with Kadri and uh, Burakowski leaving and of course thinned out again now uh, without Makar last night they'll get him back but th they're not themselves but let's not take away from what you just said MJ Seattle there's not a lot of drop off on their lineup now the top end of their lineup doesn't match up with the top line on most teams but then it, it stays pretty constant I mean I mean the four line attack for that team is really built for the playoffs if you think about it in terms yeah. of rolling lines and, and, and trusting different guys on different nights. Um, and how sweet would this be for Philip Grubauer, obviously, who couldn't mm. come to terms to stay in Colorado a couple of years ago, got a better deal in Seattle, has struggled in Seattle, let's be fair, and uh, has kept his best for this first-round series here with, with his old team. So some great uh, storylines there. But they're the champs for a reason. I'm not ready to count out the Avs right now. Yeah, 918 save percentage. You pointed to Grubauer there. Uh, Georgi of 906 uh, in his five games. Um, Johnny, so Nathan McKinnon last night, obviously extremely frustrated. Mm -hmm. Had some frustrated comments after the game. And this, this goes back to the officiating discussion that's being had all over the place in the playoffs this year. Let's deal with that one specific incident that happened last night. Um, you know, felt like he was tripped at one end, goal down at the other end. And uh, the biggest non-call of the night might have been him smashing his stick in absolute fury at the official. In the glass. Into in the, the glass. glass. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in front of everybody. That sounded like a, uh, a 10 coming up, that kind of that behavior, did. right? That really, really did. What did you think of that non-call, though, Johnny? And then we'll get into the bigger discussion about, you know, this, this officiating thing that is cropping up in almost every series. So could, it could have been a trip, sure. Absolutely. But there's a, there's the nature of the game is that there are many infractions every single shift that could be called. Like every time I try to skate around a defense, I'm like, that could be interference. That could be holding. Doesn't mean you can stop playing. And I think that's where Nathan McKinnon got let his frustration get the best of him. Because he pulled mm -hmm. himself out of the play because he was so upset about the call not being made. Eventually changed. The guy coming on for him was late getting back in the play. And, you know, four on three ensues and they score a goal. Um, so, like, I, I get it. And the star players, and you know it well in Edmonton, Nate, Connor McDavid, like those guys get fouled more than anyone else. They get more infractions committed against them that are not called because they have the puck, because they force guys into situations where they're out of position and they're hooking and they're holding and they're grabbing, and they don't get called all the time. So could it have been a trip? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does he have every right to be upset? Certainly. But that – but. You can't stop playing, Pierre. Like, and I think that's yeah. you know like that would be the the irritating part. Not only was he ticked off about not the, getting the penalty, but he actually put his team in a bad spot reacting to it. Um, part of the reason why he's great is he's so fiery. But that time, it felt like that fire got him a little bit out of sorts on the ice. Yeah, and you give him a couple of days to be the first one to tell you that he made a mistake there. But it's the root of his frustration, I think, that we're talking about here, mm -hmm. and. You know, generally, I don't like this conversation every year. I, all the whining, I just start rolling my eyes. 
Um, and good on Tom McClellan in your series, Ryan, after game five, that crazy comeback by the Oilers where I think someone tried to go to him into an officiating comment uh, because of the, the Oilers tied it on the power play there and, and he took the high road. Sometimes they go your way, sometimes they don't, essentially is what he said. I'm paraphrasing. Good for him because I think we need to hear more of that because that is the reality of it is that <laughs> no matter where the officiating is, thing. it's going to go both ways. Um, but having said all that, having yeah. said all that, I had a player in the series I'm covering, and I won't name him because we were just shooting off the cuff, who said, man, he goes, the thing is I don't know from night to night where that line is going to be. That, that, I'm just sharing his frustration yeah. in, a, in, a, in a moment. And he goes, that's the thing for him is he tries to figure out in the opening minutes of a game, you know, where we're at here. And he, go, he, just, he just wants consistency from game to game in a series. And, of course, you got different refs every night. So yeah. that, that was a frustration from one player in the Tampa-Toronto series. I think, and I'm sure that guy really feels it that way, but I think part of that is just an easy thing to say because, generally speaking, when you're that, – that comment, I'm trying to figure out where the standard is. The standard doesn't deviate on tripping or high-sticking. Mm-hmm. The standard deviates on roughing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the extracurricular what, yeah. stuff. Like that's yeah. where the standard, like, you know, what is a board is not a board. I guess that's debatable, but that doesn't really deviate. It's always debatable. Yeah. It's the stuff, basically the, the roughing stuff is where people try to figure out the standard. And that does change. Sometimes they're pulling guys out of the pile. Sometimes they're pulling mm. one and you got to figure that out. But you know, most calls are not really that different game to game. Um, even though players may feel that way. I think it's also worth noting this is a conversation we have every year. It seems like right. it's really topical now because we're in the middle of it and we're passionate about it. And there's been some big moments with big players and big reactions. And the power plays are so good. And then that's well, also overtime winners on the power play, right? Yeah, but overtime yeah, right. when, winners on the power play. When do you see power plays in overtime? Unless well, someone when you break someone's on their way to the, the hospital. Flash. Right, yes. like that's and I'm not call, saying like, that was a bad. That's call. when you yep, call penalties, right? Least, when William Elias was walking in the slot uh, with a great chance and gets tripped, yeah. clearly in his skates, that's when you call a trip. Like yeah. these, are the, like, those are the right calls. I just, you know, talk to Leaf fans from 1993. Talk to <laughs> Shark fans from whatever the 2017 with Joe Pavelski, whatever that was with the, the, the high stick yeah. with Vegas. Like there are big moments that are controversial, I suppose, all the time. Um, I don't know if this year is any. Any different, Pierre, right. even though it feels the, like the it thing, right now. And this is anecdotal and it's not scientific, but the one thing I wonder about, and I talked about this with uh, with a scout in the press box the other night, the regular season today, today's game, there's a lot of business decisions being made on the ice through 82 games. I'm just going to be polite about it. It, it. It's not as physical a game in my mind as when you played, Mike, and certainly before you in the 80s. Uh, which is fine. It's it's a fast game. It's entertaining. But there's a lot of let's get through this season unscathed if we can. And then the playoffs come. And everyone's been let out of a cage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I, I, what I'm saying for a ref's perspective is the product that they've been trying to maintain a standard on for 82 games for eight mm-hmm. months is a vastly different product once the puck drops for the first week of the playoffs. And I think that's probably a difficult adjustment for them. But... They really should have had – they should have their hands on it by now. We're, we're mm-hmm. midway to late in the first round here. All right. But if we're trying to find – so I don't know if we're going down this road right now, but like whether it's the Minnesota Marcus Foligno stuff or, mm-hmm. you know, these different penalties, the no trip on that. Like if we're trying to find solutions, I think just the referees doing their job, I think part of it is like you have a lot of young refs in the league. 
It's yeah. a young man's game. Yeah. You, have, you, like, you need 30-year-olds who can skate well enough to get around it. And so you have refs that maybe haven't been in the American League level for seven years. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, it's like a team yeah. with a relatively thin farm system. You get caught getting up to the shore earlier. They're getting you get to the, to the shore, shore earlier, right? And you're learning yeah. as you go. So maybe that's part of it. But I wonder if there's also some appetite. You know, I know they are loath to add replays, Pierre. But, you know, an eye in the sky, a voice in the ear that says, hey, that Marcus Foligno hit on Hockenpah, it's not a, that's not interference. That's just a yeah. hit. Wave it off. You know, like, I, I don't know. It, ele- it introduced another element, another opinion, and there's some danger in that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, as you guys like- know, they've talked about that at the GM meetings. They can talk about a lot of different things, but yep. it doesn't mean they'll ever happen. But they, they have talked about that. I, the obvious concern is lengthen, lengthening games. Mm-hmm. Easy for me to say this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I share that concern. Yeah. You know, uh, legitimate. So I, I think that's why, you know, the, I think the league keeps that line pretty tight because Pandora's box, you know, how many different things are you yeah. looking at? But to your point, MJ, maybe it's not, maybe it's just common sense at some point, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the situation room in Toronto when something so flagrant has a chance to buzz down and talk to the ref um, for the betterment of, of that moment. I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting one for sure. Sounds like an off-season podcast. Uh, yes. Let's move on because the refereeing has taken up a lot of bandwidth and oxygen in this year's playoffs. Blame the quizmaster. Right what, yeah. What's that? Blame the quizmaster. Yeah. I tell you what, but a guy like Marcus Felino, like oh, at this yeah. point, like he's got to now just like he toes the line, he's got to back off the line. He's having yeah. a hard time finding it. He's got to back off it, even yeah. if he thinks he's in the right. And in some ways, he is in the right. You got to adjust as a player. You yeah. have to adjust. Uh, was the bigger surprise for you last night, Pierre, um, the Colorado results or the Boston result? Because we had two results that were eye-catching last night. Uh, by far the Boston result. I, I'm not shocked. Right, Seattle's been the better team in that series. So once yeah. you adjust by watching that series, Colorado is going to have to find another gear here. They, they're trailing in every game. So I, yeah. I wasn't surprised with no Kel McCarr last night that Seattle went in there and won. Boston was really surprising to me because they 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 really beat up the Panthers, both on the scoreboard and uh, in, in another fashion in the two games in Florida. And I, it just felt like one of those, let's come home and get some rest here and win this in five. And uh, good for the Panthers, man. You know, they got outshot and, and outchanced. But the uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and uh, finding a way there for the Florida Panthers, uh, that's that's wow. got some spice now. Be honest, Pierre. If I would have asked you 12 hours ago, who should play 14 hours ago? Who should play for Florida? Who would you have said? Because I, I said, said Lion. I said yeah. Lion yesterday, and I yeah. was dead wrong, apparently. Yeah. I, I would have said Bobrovsky because at this point with their season on the line, you got to go with the guy making that money. I mean, that's his job. I he didn't Alex play Lyon, down the stretch with the season on the line. I know, yeah. but I think Alex Lyon has that served its, <laughs> it's run its course, run its course. Yes. but uh, yeah, run its course. I, I think that, um, you know, I mean, paying the guy 10 million bucks, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, he looked like it last night. Well, he earned a pile of it with one save basically last oh, night. I, I mean, I, I, drama, Johnny, I, it's drama. crazy. So last if, second breakaway season it. on the line. Florida offensive zone face-off, what, seven seconds left. You're like, okay, yeah. they're going to try to run a play. They got all their offensive guys out there, Montour and Ekblad and the big boys. And draws sort of one by Florida to the top of the circle, but Marshan jumps through, Montour yeah. steps forward, pokes it past him, and he's in alone. And 
I don't know. So I remember when I used to play, guys, I would always make sure in every rink, it became instinctive, but when you're going around the rinks, where is the, the end board clock? Right? Like sometimes okay. they're on the, you know, some, they used to be on a screen behind the goal. It's not there anymore. They're kind of on like the, the ribbon that goes around after the, above the suites. Yeah. I would like to know, like I'd be killing a penalty and I, I want to be able to know where I can look up and find the clock. Right. And so I wonder if Brad Marchand knew, like, check three, I'm good. I'm he, sure he did. He had enough time to do whatever he wanted. Deke, shoot, whatever, take it mind. all the way. Right. And so he goes all the way in and, yeah, Bob kicks it out. And then Ekblad almost throws the rebound into the net with his glove. <laughs> um, would have, well, can you imagine it would have ended the series like that? would have just been just drama personified. Marshawn has scored. He scores from that distance a fair bit. He yeah, likes no, his wrister is good from 30 from. feet. He doesn't have yeah. to get to right on top of the goalie at all. Yeah. Um, he's already scored one on Lyon from that far away. Probably the reason why Lyon's not playing. But Bob was good. Bob was excellent. And I guess this is the fear for the Bruins. They were the better team last night. Boston oh, yeah. would have, you know, the deserve to win meter would have been heavily yeah. into Boston's favor. But the shorter a series gets the more likely crazy things can happen. So now you're talking yep. best regular season in the history of the league is two games away from being out. Is it inconceivable that Sergei Bobrovsky could be ridiculously good for two games? Of course it's not. And this, right. is what, this is what's introduced at this point. You've introduced the randomness of hockey where the best teams don't always win because it's deep enough in the series where it doesn't have to happen too many times. Well, and... Not to point out the obvious, but Sergey Bobrovsky was a guy who swept the sixty-two win Tampa Bay Lightning. So, yeah, that's <laughs> and, a good point by you, and 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 hasn't done a whole lot since. But uh, yeah. obviously, that's part of his body of work. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that's why hockey's crazy, man. Um, and you know, the Panthers are—they feel like a two-line team right now. They're so top-heavy with with the matchups that they trust. And Sam Bennett, by the way, has been unreal since coming back. Mm -hmm. Really good for Florida, but. They, they just can't go toe-for-toe matchup-wise with Boston. No. So the odds are that the Bruins will win this in the next game. But to MJ's point. Yeah. And then the next, it's worth noting, ahead, yeah. the gamer. He's an effing gamer. Like, yeah. you know what? And I was kind of joking. So <laughs> after the game, right, Paul Marie's talking yeah. about Paul Matthew Marie's talking Kuchuk. about Matthew Kachuk. And they said, yeah. you know, what do you make of just his presence or something? Yeah. And he just and he was a bleep, bleep, like, bleep, 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 bleep gamer. He's a gamer. And it's a, it's a good way to describe him. He's a hockey <laughs> yeah. player. You know, Great celebration. Comes, yeah, yeah, he was right into it, right down to find his goaltender right at uh, center ice the whole bit. But <laughs> Friends it's amazing of the podcast. How, it's amazing how those players find themselves in those moments. Mm -hmm. Somehow more often than the players who play otherwise. Like, I played a lot. The puck never bounced on my stick in overtime where I could just walk around the goalie and throw it in the net. But Matthew Kachuk finds a way and certainly doesn't panic when he gets it and he pulls it around the goalie and, and shovels it in the empty net. And Olmark, who scored a goal, is quite good at playing the puck, just kind of misread where he put yeah. it. And 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 the Panthers have life. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Like at some point, Pierre, the pressure will flip to Boston to like finish this. Yeah, and if there's any team that I feel like can handle it, I mean, gosh, the tremendous leadership in that Bruins room. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I think they could handle it, and I think they're gonna win this. Obviously, I think you guys do too. But if Florida somehow pull this off. Crazy. Do Sergey Bobrovsky and Bill Zito just put out a book called "How You Beat <laughs> Right Record-Setting Regular <laughs> Season Teams How to the Knock Down Giants"? Yeah. Zito, yes. the AGM in Columbus that year as well. How to grow that. a David yeah. to take down Goliath? Apparently, yeah. yeah. Forty-three point difference between these teams in the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. 
but man, I, I love that there's gamers on both sides. That's the sure. beauty of this series is the competitors in this series. Like even Taylor Hall, you know, the way he's sort of asserted himself and been mm-hmm. able to get worked through offensively. Verhage, I think, had three primary assists last night. Like yeah. it was just it was it was really entertaining hockey to watch and a great result. And then for it to be Allmark making the big mistake. You know the potential Vesna winner here. That uh, that was great drama in that game. It's going to be a fun uh, fun finish. Uh, okay, let's go north of the border here, guys. To Canada, we got the Leafs and Tampa. Mike, how different does it feel this year with the Leafs if it does for you, okay. and why? Where's it coming from? Okay, so is it different? So I don't. I, think I know where be, you're going here. I don't <laughs> want to be Debbie Downer here. It feels different because they're winning. I mean, but beyond that, they were better in last year's playoffs than they have been in this year's playoffs. They were better than Tampa more often last mm-hmm. year than this year. Now, that doesn't matter. All that matters is it's 3-1. And, and so I guess that's different. But I don't know if, if I'm like, oh, look, they, they've just they figured it out. They don't, yeah. get, they don't get intimidated by the moment. They find, I'm like, I don't know if that's true. They played garbage last game in the first period. Garbage. And, and, well, and get actually, a pivotal point. Second period, really. Yeah. No, but they, the first period was awful by yeah. their standards. But the other thing that's different, Shaggy, is that this star-driven team, this mm-hmm. top-heavy team, core four forwards plus Ryan O'Reilly and Morgan Riley, those guys are all playing and producing lights yeah. out. That yeah. is different. And so they played better previously, but those guys weren't scoring like they're scoring now. Mitch Marner's got the quietest 11 points, whatever he has in four games you could even imagine, but he's got 11 points. Yeah. You know, um, that part is different. And the power play, which has let them down brutally in playoffs mm. past, is good again. So that's where I say they're different. Star players are going. Power play is going. But I'm not acting like somehow this is a revelation. They've, they've, they've figured everything out, Pierre, because they've not been that good. No, and again, it's it's some. Just let's just stick with the facts. I mean, what was a revelation in the games in Tampa, other than they got outplayed for vast stretches in both games, is that they pulled two games out of the gutter that they just this core has not shown that ability before in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Were they lucky? I, I don't know. I mean, they made amazing plays to come back in that game, so I'm not going to say they were lucky. Uh, they've not been great in this series, but they've, they've come back in a fashion that they've just not done before in a consistent manner. So, so that's true. I mean, that, I mean, that's, sure. that's a fact. They'll need to play way better uh, on this night to, to close this out. That's a, you know, the Eastern Conference standard is still led by Tampa Bay until we're all told otherwise. And, um, and that's a proud group that's going to, come out better tonight but let's let's also call it for what it is i wrote about andre Vasilevsky today um and it's not all on him clearly but i got a lot of different goalie opinions on it i mean 19 goals against in four games and 4.33 you know you talked about last year compared to this year mj well there's a major difference I mean, sure um especially in game six and game seven last year Vasilevsky took over um but again it's not all on the goalie i mean tampa's blue line is not the same That's... without ryan mcdonough they really miss and Brian McDonough. And Chernak. And Chernak. So there you go. Right. Two. So the, the three of the top four minute guys last year when the Lightning beat the Leafs in seven games were Hedman, McDonough, Chernak, and Sergachev. They're down the two. They played the first game and a half of the series down the one until they got Hedman back. Mm-hmm. And um, and you just see it. I mean, you, you don't need 
Yeah. You see it with the eye test. They, 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 there are breakdowns. There's more room. Um, There's more yeah. room and more accessibility to the net. Yeah. In when when the lower pairs, both on the power play and at five on five, because of the different personnel that Tampa doesn't have for them. So and, that and is different as well. Too. And the goalie can be better too. You know? He better be better. Yeah. It was uh, Derek Lalonde to spend some time on the on the main panel there uh, for our friends across the street and had the really interesting comment about Vasilevsky and the study mm-hmm. they did on him and some real inside. I found room, it fascinating. Inside fascinating now, analysis. I, I included it on my column today for sure. You have to. I mean, yeah. that's the series now. Yeah. yeah. Did Johnny, run, run people through it quickly. Okay, so right. he was on the panel. Derek Lalonde, head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, former assistant with Tampa. He knows that group intimately. And so he said that they commissioned a study about all the goals against Vasilevsky and found out that Andre Vasilevsky was among the league's worst, worst goalies at tracking, spotting, and saving pucks from the point through traffic. Mm-hmm. And given the goals that have gone in from pucks through traffic, tips and rebounds and screens and otherwise, it seemed like a very topical and fascinating bit of insight into the sort of research that teams do on their own players but also what they found in that he struggles in this department right. where he is struggling right now. So yeah. I, I, of course, I think everyone's like, wow, that's, that's, that's really interesting. It was fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Like it was eye opening. Now, I mean, honestly, that's, that really led me in part to why I wrote the piece I wrote today. And I, and I reached out to a lot of different people in the goalie community of getting Abakov, as you guys know, was a mentor early on in Vasilevsky's career. They overlapped in Tampa. And Abakov is the director of goaltending for the Sharks. And I texted him yesterday and I said, you know, what's your take on, on Vasilevsky right now? And his, his message back, which I used in the piece, was absolutely nothing wrong with Andre's game. Lots of long shots with tips, deflection screens, and rebounds. I have to give Toronto credit. So mm-hmm. he's kind of actually confirming exactly what Derek Lalonde said in a way, right. but he's saying it's not the goalie. But John Cooper had a very strong pushback. Oh, like yeah. he, he basically suggested that's not true. Yeah. That, that's just, that never happened. That's, now, having said that, I, I, I found other, I mean, Marty Braun and, and Noodles had some really interesting insight uh, about what they're seeing in mm-hmm. Vasilevsky's game, as well as a, a, an Eastern Conference goalie coach that, for obvious reasons, couldn't give his name because he believes there's some fatigue there. I don't know about the fatigue factor. I will point this out. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky has played 217 regular season games since the start of the 1920 season, plus now 75 playoff games. Mm-hmm. That's an average of 73 starts a season since the start of 1920. If you combine yeah. playoffs and regular season, that's a little, uh, a little that, tough getting in and out of that butterfly. That's a lot. After. And now again, he's not an old guy, so maybe maybe he's you know maybe it's nothing. Grant Fuhrer's on line one saying, hold my, hold my beer. But, yeah, yeah. but, 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 I, I am, but, 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 but just before we turn the page, like I, the, the story, which was interesting from Lalonde and the pushback yes. from Cooper, like two parts of me, like there's a lot of reason for John Cooper to refute this. His True. team's in the middle of this series, his players struggling, he's got to protect them. Yeah. There is, I feel zero reason for Derek Lalonde to make this up. Like what? To get a yeah. sound. He's a, he's an NHL coach. He's not trying to audition for a TV job. Yeah. He's just, like why? Why would he make that up? Like I feel like <laughs> when you're saying it's a he there, said he there, said I'm buying the guy who's got nothing to gain by saying it. Yeah, there's no so, way he made it up. I guess I guess what I mean. Now now we're in the weeds, but you know 
is there a nuance that he misremembers on 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 yeah, what they were maybe. talking about? You know, I'm saying the study existed. And, and it was way, commissioned, and it found something. That's what I'm saying. I'm buying Lamont. But, but yeah. I also think Pierre. What about the idea that is there a protocol, like some sort of code of yeah. silence for you know intellectual wow. property that you can't say on TV? Like he'll take that with him to Detroit, but you're not supposed to say when you work for a different organization. Hey, in Tampa, when I don't work there anymore, we did this and found like yeah. I. I I wonder if like Coop's like well, text like, hey, what's what's going on here, buddy? Yeah. You gotta keep that well, to yourself. And that's why, like I said, the the goalie coach from another Eastern Conference team couldn't give his name because he'd probably get fired if he was quoted saying some of the things that he noticed because that's their team intel on on Vasilevsky right. that he was sharing with me. But the other thing I would say is, and I said this on the uh, sports center hit with Masters and CJ, <laughs> is what Derek Lalonde said really that <laughs> Revolu- you know, that revealing about Vasilevsky, what did teams try to do to carry Price when he was at the apex of his career? Yeah, but to suggest his eyes away and gets, get, get deflections and rebounds, like, you know. Yes. <laughs> to suggest know, that it, the it own club, the own, his own club. Yeah. We found a yeah. weakness in the world's we, best we, goalie. We saw an issue. We <laughs> yeah. dug into it, and it was confirmed that he's, yeah. he's one of the worst in the league at this. Like, it's okay not to be the best. <laughs> yeah, he's no. one of the worst. One of the worst. I, to me, I but think again, it, it wasn't nothing. Yeah, the, the, like Austin Matthews' second goal, where he tips it out of midair. That's a world class play. Like, like yeah, what goal is going to stop that? Nobody. It doesn't matter yeah. to me. It doesn't matter. We can go through goal by goal. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. The fact, the story, I find just fascinating. Is that it was how it's playing out. I agree. Yes. And you know what? I hope. I hope he doesn't take too much heat for it. I hope it's no big deal because yeah. I thought it was great TV, tremendous value, and. When you have people on that are that close to the game and they're willing to bring that type of insight as yeah. a viewer, it's brilliant. Uh, it was yeah. really, really good. So uh, sending props to the competition there. But um, yeah, I hope he doesn't back off that stuff uh, one ounce. Um, okay, guys, let's move over to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, listen, Zach Hyman checks into the series through three games. He had done uh, quite little. And then all of a sudden starts putting his mark. A uh, couple big performances. Leon Dreisaitl continues to just be all over this series and, and absolutely dominant. The quiz master wanted me to ask the question today, should they start giving out a cape after the game in Edmonton rather than um, <laughs> the biker vest that they do? Um, but Dreisaitl, healthy, is Dreisaitling Johnny. And uh, the Oilers mm. here are in pretty good position. They are. I mean, Leon deserves so much credit you know he operates unfairly in connor's vacuum and leon dreisel is the second best offensive player in the world it's just that he happens to play behind a guy who's kind of clearly the first but doesn't make him any less good the fact of the matter is in the playoffs leon dreisel has been better than connor mcdavid statistically uh, over the course of their careers and leon dreisel is like third all time in points per game in the playoffs i mean he's doing Mm -hmm. some pretty historical stuff night after night after night What's interesting to me, Shaggy, is that the comeback in game four was pivotal for many reasons. The result, of course. But the fact of the matter is that you got Evander Kane involved with a big goal. And you had Zach Hyman more involved. And now other guys were feeling good about themselves other than Bouchard, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. Like, those were the three that were doing all the scoring. Yeah. Um, and now you had other guys who are good players, Pierre, feeling a little bit more confident, a little bit better about their game. And... Um, and now you see them just doing a little bit more of that. Corpusalo has taken a bit of a dip, which I'm surprised big time. Guess you give credit to the Oilers for that as well. But mm-hmm. um, 
I, the Kings, the Oilers have found holes in that King defensive system that it took them a while to sort of flush it out, probably three games before they started finding some gaps in there. And it feels like the last couple of games, they found some that they could exploit. Yeah. And we need to mention this two playoff series in a row. Philip Deneau is really good at what he does. Oh, I find yeah. That. Like, so it's good. just like, Pierre, you Pierre, know, real quick, what makes him unique is that he's the rarest of players who can score, but when he gets in this kind of matchup, he does not care about scoring. Doesn't care. Right. You know, like, like, if he gets a big nothing burger for 21 straight games against the other team's best players, yeah. he'll love what he has done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, we know he's out there to slow down McDavid, but he doesn't even, like, when Montreal made the final, he barely scored. He could have won the Conn Smythe. Like, he just doesn't think about it that way. Too busy shutting down Austin Matthews and Mark Shifley and, yes. and whoever else on the way there. He reminds me, given his roots, it's a nap comparison, but he reminds me a lot of Guy Carbido in his heyday, who was a big scorer in junior, but made his obviously made his, you know, made his mark in the NHL as one of the best defensive centers in the history of the league. And Carbino was the same MJ, where he probably could have scored more than he did in his career, but he was just Mister Shutdown in an era where it was even harder to do that. And Dano has so much of that in him. So I'm just saying, <laughs> you can't just. I think we have to mention that in the Connor McDavid conversation. It's not like Connor McDavid's going out there not feeling like himself. He's he's got a tough matchup. Mm. For sure he does. Evan Bouchard's sitting there with eight points. Dry Saddle with ten in the five games that uh that they've played. But uh, you know, it would seem to me that the Oilers have had the formula the entire time here, Johnny. Like when they've wanted to and when they've played their game, mm. they've carried so much of the play in this series. But the Kings mm. are plucky. You know, they get down, but they don't get too far down. And they seem to find a way to scrap their way back into games. But it would seem to me that all series long, the Oilers have had the formula. It's just whether they've applied it properly or not. Yeah. And the Kings make you do it all the time, right? Like they mm -hmm. make you stay with it. And if you deviate, then you play into their game plan. If you take penalties, you let their power play, which is also very good, hurt you. The whole idea of the Kings seems to be like, you know, Ben, don't break. Defend, but don't give up the really great chance. Give up a whole bunch of chances, but not the breakaways, not the two-on-ones, not the, the real stuff in tight. And, um, they they've, they do a really good job with it. I, th I think their goaltender has taken a bit of a dip as well. Like To play that way when you don't have the puck as so much, you need good goaltending to be able to, to hold the fort. And, and Corpus Allo, who I think is very good, um, you know, he hasn't been great the last couple of games. And we should, you mentioned Zach Hyman, you know, July 1st is a time for a lot of mistakes. A lot of GM should go golfing instead of being in their war room on July 1st. But <laughs> of the July 1st signings in the last several years, how many have been better than Zach Hyman? Uh, and I, ha I have to admit it, you can't do revisionist history and, and pretend that. I, I looked at the term of that deal when they signed it, knowing the style of play that he plays and where he makes his living in the crease. And I'm like, you know, we'll see how that age deals. But boy, so far. Zach Hyman, unreal. What? Tidy, what was it, 83 points this year? Yeah. <laughs> like Unbelievable. Yeah. And how he can play with any of those superstars or up and down the lineup, clutch like he was uh, in game four in overtime. I mean, he's been unbelievable. I have a theory here on McDavid, too, and not starting a conspiracy theory or anything like that. But I like it. Bring it, Lalonde. There Bring was, it. Uh, I'm, not sure he's, I'm not sure he's popping at 100% right now. I think there's Ooh. something in one of his legs that uh, has been giving him a bit of an issue. A few games ago, and it's foggy for me. I can't remember which one. Um, if you guys recall, <coughs> excuse me, he took a hit 
And uh, Doughty got building. a knee on knee. Yeah, Doughty, Doughty got, got a knee on knee. Stepping up on him in the neutral zone. And I was watching him. Um, he was flexing on the bench. On the bench. After, he and, was kind of like massaging it. He was kind of working. But it remember, through. he had the towel in front of his face while he was. He wasn't talking letting to the, the people trainer. read his lips while he was talking to them. He had yes. a look of concern on his face. Well, what happened mm-hmm. is they went to commercial break shortly after that, and McDavid spent the entire commercial break on the ice skating the figure eights shaking the leg and sort of testing it out. Now I'm not, he's been good. Like I'm not saying that, it, that, uh, you know, he clearly is hurt, but though the, that extra gear that he has where he just, right. I mean, he he'll be going this way and then bang that way. So fast, his crossovers. Like if you think about the penalty he drew in the first period, last game, if you yeah. look at him and come across that blue line, Johnny, both his feet are planted and he's turning kind of like on both his skates. When do you, ever see mcdavid hit the blue line without his feet moving he's protecting something to me to my eye now i might be overthinking it but i wonder if there's a little something missing that is normally there in his step count the number of times he hit full speed in that last game three off days a good thing yeah well that's (laughs) conventional wisdom would be that it benefits the kings more a bit older some of their guys right but i think this break comes at a great time for the oil too and then wrap the series up so like you know limit the limit the mileage the, the yeah. Oilers want to play three more series after this one and they have a yeah. like they have a great chance the Oilers legitimately have a great chance to make the final I mean I, I mean the Oilers would be the prohibitive favorite to go to the final I think even though they're they'd start on the road against the, the Knights the Golden Knights if they get there but yeah um you know bank the rest early because it's going to be even more taxing later so uh, maybe now Connor McDavid's got eight points through his five games. It's not mm-hmm. like he's not been really good, uh, but you're right. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's also hard for LA. LA doesn't give you many chances to really open it up. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's a yeah. bit of all that. Yep, be interesting to see if the Oilers are able to take advantage of this break and then uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, okay, boys, that was the breakdown. Nice job. Uh, brought to you by Kuma Outdoor Gear. A uh, bit of a different format for our final segment today. We, I know how much you love red card, yellow card, no card. I do love I it. How, how passionate you guys are about this amazing thing that we've created. I didn't even yeah. understand the question last week. So Yeah, you let, were a let, mess last week on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you gave a great answer. <laughs> you did. I didn't understand anything you just said, but I say no card. I think that's <laughs> what you said. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to red card, yellow card, no card. Uh, and it's going to be brought to you by our good friends at Liberty Smart Security. They specialize in having your back. High quality advanced smart security systems for your home or your business. They use leading edge technology to protect the things that you value most in your life. Your home is your castle, so protect it with Liberty Smart Security. You can check out the website at libertysecurity.ca. I have a Liberty Security system in my house. I love it. Nice and easy to use, intuitive, great technology. Great peace of mind knowing you're protecting your family with uh, a Liberty Security System. So uh, we're going to call this Rapid Red Card because we don't just have one to focus on. I'm going to rip you guys through three red card, yellow card, no card scenarios, potential rule changes. I don't even know what we want to mm-hmm. call them. And you guys just weigh in on if you like it, you give it a, if you, if you hate it, you give it a red card, don't, uh, eh, yellow card. And if you actually don't mind it, you can give it a no card. So these are just sort of based on some scenarios that we have seen. Uh, some of these from the uh, brain of the quiz master, by the way. Players generally forced to face the media after games, right? We know this. 
Referees should face the same scrutiny in one form or another and answer to the media, preferably, you know, in person or through a surrogate. Have we come to the point where there should be some sort of explanation or availability with referees after games? Fans would absolutely love it. What do you think Mm -hmm. of that idea, Johnny? What do you give it? I give it no card. Absolutely. It should happen. They're, they're professionals. They're paid well. They're grown men and women. Like they can go out there and explain. I didn't call that roughing because I called the interference penalty on Felino because. And there may be moments where the answer is I missed that call, which won't make anyone feel very good. And you, and, and once that's out there, then it's out there, but absolutely. And I don't want it in a report like the NBA does it. I don't want a surrogate. These are, these are professionals. Answer some questions. It's not the end of the world. No card. Make it happen. P? My dogs clearly agree in the background here. Uh, No card. (laughs) I I, I like it. What I would do with a baby step, though, is um, so every playoff series, I don't know if the people at home uh, know this, there's a series rep from the PHWA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, that kind of handles the flow of of, of what's the media veil going to be the next day uh, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, for example, in the Leafs Lightning series, Chris Johnston uh, is a series rep for the PHWA, so he's in touch with the two teams every day. So when he wants to sleep out. in, there's no avail. <laughs> yeah. right. Chris never sleeps. <laughs> um, but the point is, what I would do, uh, I, because you you know that's a major change for the NHL, is I would have the series rep. Uh, you know, if if there's a demand to have an answer from from the refs after a game about something controversial. I would do like a pool reporter thing where the series rep for the series asks the questions, gets the answers, and then shares the information with everyone as a transition to where we eventually want to get to what you're saying, MJ. That would be my idea. I don't know. I mean, I hear what you guys are saying, and I would like to hear some explanations too. But sending a reporter in to grill the official about calls and non-calls and I think fans would complain more than anything about things that weren't asked about. Why but, didn't but you ask no, about No, but it would this? be one play, really. Come on. I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right? Uh, I don't I don't know. Like, it doesn't have to be grilling. You called an interference yeah. penalty on Marcus Foligno. When you look at that now, can you explain to me why you thought that was interference when Hakabah just touched the puck? Yeah. And, and, right. ex- and explain it. Here's what I saw. Here's yeah. what I saw. But guys, what about the idea that sometimes officials just flat out make mistakes? But that's an answer. Yeah, I, and that's and, all. We, we, we would play your that... games and the, and the refs would be like, yeah, I missed that. You're like, okay. Defu- it actually diffuses the, the situation. Like, what, are you going to swear at the guy? Well, don't do that again. You know, they don't mean yeah. to miss it. They miss it. A high stick, that Mayfield high stick on the overtime goal there a few games ago where he got clipped by, was it Martin Nook before the overtime goal by Esper Faust? They don't yeah. mean to miss them. They just miss them. And that's okay. I was told they don't look at stuff between periods, hey? When That's when wrong. refs go in between periods, that they don't think, necessarily look do. at, they don't have it available. I was told by a series official, uh-huh. they don't have it available to them. Maybe because they don't want to influence the rest of the game. They see it well, after the game. Well, that's just it. Right. Like, I wonder, do they go in between periods and take a look at things? Because then you're skating out on the ice feeling like, I owe that guy one. If you know mm. you really badly blew a call. Mm. I don't know. I talk to the rest between I've the seen, benches, and it, it, I get the impression that they take a look at the things that they've seen. Hey, yeah. but I feel, I feel, have we not heard of refs though going up to a player mid game and saying, "By the way, I think I, you yes. know, I think I Might got blown that, that one." I think we've I've that. had yeah. them say that to me mid game. Yeah, like it absolutely. Yeah, happens. that's why I thought yes. it was interesting when I was told that. I was like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I didn't. Maybe, know. maybe it's I, policy. I, I don't know. Did. Yeah, maybe it's playoff policy or something. I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. moving on to the next one. I like that. Uh, one. Austin Matthews uh, basically forced to fight Steven Stamkos, sort of. 
um, than getting the five-minute penalty. Uh, the suggestion is the NHL needs to draw, adopt the Craig Button self-defense rule. Players who are forced to fight to defend themselves from potential injury should receive zero penalty minutes. So if a player skates up to another player and force, like straight up forces him to fight, mm-hmm. that player is allowed to drop his gloves, fight back, defend himself, and then go sit on the bench and play next shift. You were forced to defend yourself in a bare knuckles fight. No penalty. That's a red card because every fight I was in, I would have been forced to fight. So I, I would have been the <laughs> beneficiary of this rule. You'd have been safer. Not. You're just jealous if that ever came. Yeah, right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I would have fought everyone. It'd have been perfect. Um, no, red card because there's already a rule in place for this. It's called the instigator. Correct. And call that more often. It doesn't have to be a mauling to be an instigator. The Stamkos Matthews is the, the clearest example of an instigator I can even imagine. Call that. Should have been. And if you really don't want to fight, if you don't drop your gloves, I would have no problem with a 5-2. I give Stamkos 5 for roughing or fighting and Austin Matthews 2 for roughing. It doesn't have to be 5-5 five, five and an instigator. You could also go 5 for fighting, 2 for roughing in the same exchange if someone is clearly an unwilling participant. But yeah. red card this no self-defense rule. I don't like it one bit. Call the instigator. That's your solution. Yeah. I'll go yellow card because I like the spirit of what Craig is suggesting through uh... – through the Ryan Rashog vehicle. Um, but uh, I'm sharing a brain with, with MJ here. In fact, in that moment uh, in game three, had that been an instigator to Stamkos, at least would have had a five on three uh, power play. And, and they should have been. And they should have. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a big deal. Yeah. But if someone wants to defend themselves, Johnny, if I skate up to you and like, I'm going to fight you, whether you want to fight me mm-hmm. or not, you have no choice. You can't be expected to, Ryan, to defend yourself Shoggy. with your gloves. How Let often? me finish. With your gloves on. Okay. You can hug the guy. On. You can hug you the guy. You should be and, able and... to drop your gloves yeah. so that you can at least hang on to the guy. Five and, and if two. you're not throwing punches, yeah. Five and two. Right. Well, sure. Five and two. And I guess it's one but step Just to drop your gloves and on. try not to get hurt? So what, you, what you're saying... happen? It doesn't happen, though. Yeah. Like, it almost Especially never happens. Where, like, never. If, like, someone is really... Doesn't yeah? Call the instigator. It's it, fighting's allowed in the game. It's part of it. If you're going to play in the NHL, so, there's moments where you may be involved in a fight, even if you don't want to. That that's part so of what the you're game. saying there, Ryan. What you're saying is you don't like the. In fact, in real time, well, not in real time, because you got to wait for a break and play. I think Austin Matthews was actually gone for nine minutes of the game. What you're mm-hmm. saying is you don't like that he was gone for half the third period there. Well, yeah. I mean, if yeah. if you're a skilled player and you need to dif- you need to defend yourself so you don't get hurt because someone's coming at you fighting, right. you mm-hmm. should be allowed to drop your gloves and defend yourself without ending being forced into the penalty box for five minutes. So, yeah. Johnny, I like your idea of just maybe just give the other guy a two. Yeah, but you can't defend yourselves. You can't defend yourself against somebody with your gloves on. You can't. You can't grab them. It's dangerous. The best way to defend yourself is to get your gloves off. And seat belt, and you know, mm-hmm. you probably know a thing or two about that, Johnny. I, I know just all about on it. Yeah. To your life, <laughs> yes. trying not to get hurt. Yes, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. It it, it also doesn't happen very often, but I, I don't yeah. mind. I think in those cases, there should be way more often. It should be harsher to the guy who's being the instigator. However, you get there. Yeah. Just those. I mean, in that case, it was two skilled guys, so it's not a bit as big a discrepancy. I was just gonna say. I mean. Third or fourth liner, you yeah. can get someone to, you know, feel like they right. got to defend themselves. 
you know, the extra or try to take Austin not... Matthews off the ice for yeah. five minutes. You, know, you take the trade kind of thing, but yeah. Uh, okay. Final one. Teams should have the option to decline penalty shots and take the two minute power play instead. Hmm. It wouldn't happen that often. I don't think this is a, what's better than no card. This is like a green card. Like, yes, sign us up now today. And the only time it would really happen because well, maybe the Oilers power play, but the success rate on a penalty shot is about 33%. Right. The success rate on the Oilers power play is about 33%. Everyone else is below that. So you're almost always going to take the penalty shot because you're going to have a better chance of scoring two situations where you take the, you take the penalty one, of course, when you're up by a goal with two minutes left, like, no, no, we'll take the power play and play the rest of the game in the power right. play. That's one. Good point. Two, where we're already on the power play and we'll take a five on three. Because a five mm-hmm. on three for two minutes might have a better chance than 33% of scoring. Those are the two yeah. situations would come up. But any, anything that takes the advantage away from the, the team committing the infraction, I'm all for. Don't help yeah. them out. Give me the team that was fouled the options to do what I want. Green card, sign me up today. I'll stick by the rules. No card. I like it as well. And, and in fact, I was thinking, I literally mentioned this to the person beside me in the press box the other night when Brandon Hagel had the shorthanded penalty shot. It was Brandon Hagel, right? In Tampa, Toronto? I thought it was. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he put it, he buried it in the pile. I was thinking, yes. yeah, I was thinking to myself, when the Lightning instead um, take the penalty, you know, take the penalty, well, take a penalty because now there's no more power play for the lease. Right. And at That's the end of it, they would get some power play time. Yeah. Hmm. So I was thinking that. Yeah, hmm. I like it. It depends who is shooting too, doesn't it, Johnny? Like if you've got a third pairing right shot defenseman who somehow got tripped on him, or like yeah. wouldn't it be that depending would on in. who, yeah. That could factor in, sure, sure. But I, I like think teams, one. yeah, I like that one a lot. There'd, there'd be, you know, it's a little more decision-making, a little more intrigue. It's all good. Okay, bonus one before we wrap up here, and we're going to do this one as the music is rolling. Bonus one. When you score a shorthanded goal, other team's power play is over. What? What's worse than a red card? Oh, my God. Jeez. We were on such a a good run. No, there's a league that's actually doing this overseas, I guess. Um, They're experimenting with it. That if you score a shorthanded goal, that's it. Power play is over, baby. That's ridiculous. The bonus question should have been, and this has actually come up at a lot of GM. If you scored, you get two more. You get the full two minutes. You get the full two minutes. Yeah, which is the original rule book, I think. Yeah. All right, boys. That was red card, yellow card, no card. Times four on this week's edition. uh, Brought to you by Liberty Smart Security. Good job, guys. Enjoy the games over the next couple of days. We're going to have tons to talk about when we regroup next week. So uh, enjoy the games. Have a good day, boys. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Appreciate uh, your downloads and your subscriptions. Uh, If you get a chance, hop on over to iTunes and uh, leave us a review. If you like it, don't like it, good, bad, indifferent, always like to hear from you here on Got Your Back. Big thanks to our sponsors, Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, Kuma Outdoor Gear, and Liberty Smart Security. Enjoy the rest of your day. I look forward to chatting again soon. Enjoy the games. We want to tell you about a truly Canadian company. Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals provides equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart is their get-or-done attitude. It's a core value of their company. I've been to the offices. I've seen how they proudly display that on the wall at each branch. 
Every one of the staff members lives by the get her done formula to ensure they'll never let their customers down. They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need when they need it. They don't make excuses. Cross Country Canada takes great pride in this attitude and they truly believe that the success of their customer is their success. You can't get much more Canadian than that.